Bag, a real-life comedy podcast designed to lighten you up, make you laugh, and get you off your ass. Now that's Kristen being Kristen. Are you freaking kidding me? Start the show. Okay, everyone, it's another episode of Chicken in the Bag podcast. Today is going to be a fun one. If anybody is out there trying to either get behind the camera, in front of the camera, or a little bit of both, then this is the show for you. Today, we're going to be talking to Joseph Bezenek. Uh, he's an actor, a filmmaker, a little bit of an entrepreneur. So I'm going to get him in here, and we will get this show started. Hel- Let's see. I got to unmute you. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so good, Kristen. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, no, I'm so excited to have you. So I stumbled upon you, um, I think, through Instagram, and I was, like, really inspired by your story. We had a little chance to chat a little bit ahead of time, and uh, you've kind of done a lot of different things. Um, we also want to get into a little bit of the bus remodel, you know, you, I think, right? That's pretty cool. So, um, so uh, Joseph, you've been in front of the camera, behind the camera. What came first? I'd love for which one first. You know, honestly, actually, when I was six years old, me and my cousin, uh, Forrest, which is what I named my company after, Forrest Films, we started a show called The Forrest Show. And it was just me and him with our VHS camera making Star Wars movies. And we started a show called The Forrest Show where we just got on the camera and did like our own little TV show hosting things. So um, that was like our hobby, you know, like some people threw the ball around, which I did that too. But um, that's what we did after school is we just made movies. So um, it was only natural that once I got into high school and I was like, well, shit, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. I was like, well, I don't really want to like be normal. So let's just do something way more fun and exciting. And so I started thinking about the idea of diving into theater as an actor and uh, doing it professionally so that I could get into film. And I wanted to follow Hugh Jackman's road where he did theater first Broadway and then got himself into some of the greatest moments on camera we've seen. So um yeah, so that's where that's where it all started. I, I owe it to him. So that's why when I was in college and I started my company, then I was like, "Well, what am I going to name this thing?" And so I I uh, I went with the Forest Films. Um, I love that. Cause I was going to ask you like where where the forest came from. Yeah. Uh, that's so cool because I think uh, okay, there we go, Forest Films. So so best. That's so cool because I think I was a creative kid too. I always loved. I think it's so great now. Kids today have such an advantage because I mean, technology's moved so quickly. These kids are editing, they're, they're they're videotaping. I mean, it's mind blowing what these little kids can do. And I'm over here trying to edit one video, like, damn it, this takes so goddamn long. So I think yeah. that's so cool that you started off loving it and you still got to do it. And I love the fact that, you know, I think there must be something about being behind, like learning the acting side of it that probably really um, helps when you go to filming and other actors. Now that you're doing it in front of, uh, behind the camera, what do you have a preference of what you kind of like? Yeah, you know, it's tough. Like I, I haven't gotten to act on film in a couple of years now. Um, and I get to that next month after this, I actually have a table read for the feature film shooting in North Dakota called The End of the Rope. That's going to be awesome. So I haven't been in behind or in front of the camera in a while, but uh, we'll be premiering the, the film that I uh, directed. Uh, I didn't shoot it myself, but I directed and produced um, uh, called Strong. We'll be doing that tomorrow and the next day. And, you know, I will say behind the camera is awesome. You get to navigate everything, um, but making every single decision, especially as a director and producer, where you're having to decide, you know, who you're hiring and getting schedules lined up. It's it's a lot on the table when you have to tr- still try and access that artistic mind. So mm-hmm. I'm realizing that, you know, as much as it's nice to be in behind the camera, oh, that's my pup. Um, okay. as- nice to be behind the camera and make all the decisions. I'm really looking forward to just having my own character who's just this crazy, crazy dude. And 
that's that's my boundaries from there. That's it. You just so, you know, but they say you go back and forth when you're directing. You want to go act when you're acting. You want to direct if you've done both. So um, grass is always greener, right? Oh, 100%. But I think that's so great that you have, uh, I mean, such an accomplishment of doing both. I mean, you've done a lot of things. I was checking out, I, I was blown away by how much stuff you have done. And then also, I want to talk a little bit about Strun because I watched the, the trailer and oh, yeah. I'm really, I'm really curious about it. I would love to see it. So I hope I get the opportunity that it gets to be put out in more theaters and people get to see it. But um, I mean, you guys did really well for like a first time. Um, you know, director debut with who you, you directed with a friend, correct? You guys were yep. kind of co-directors. Yep, my Maybe? best buddy in college. You got it. Okay, and also like so, like a lot of like accolades. It seemed like it was really well received at the LA Film Awards. You know, uh, the best young actor. You guys got the honorable mention. Like that's that must be unbelievable. You know, kind of get it in there and actually say we're gonna make this film, and then actually have people actually receive it well and actually have um, some of the actors actually be known for. It. What did that feel like? You know, it that is definitely the reward of of creating as a director or a producer because it's 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 looking into a crowd basically or looking into a slew of of a tapestry and trying to figure out how to to get it to to go together in a way that's it's going to be as best as it possibly can. You know, mm -hmm. you're helping each individual shine more than they realize they could, and so exactly like when when we first started getting awards, I mean, of course. Obviously, it was an honor, and I'm still kind of soaking that up that I've been getting a couple of directing awards. But I think it's almost, in some ways, it's more exciting to to have the actors win awards because, yes, of course, that's their doing. But it's also because we worked as a team together because me and, and Ryan as co-directors were able to get the best performance out of these actors. And, yeah. I mean, the kid, he won Best Young Actor of the Year. And he's nine and it was his first film, you know, Unbelievable. so it, it really is. You know, one of the things I think is so cool about it, too, that I want to talk to you. I mean, the story has to do with um, addiction. Right. Yes. And I think that that's such a big problem in this country. And a lot of people have kind of like struggled with it. And um, I think uh, it was really nice that you guys kind of give information about like addiction hotlines and like that. at the And when you were describing it on your forest films page, um, you know, I think the person who wrote it, how did you find the person who wrote that and how did you wind up collaborating on that? Because that's what I'm kind of curious about because I think it kind of approaches it from a different point of view, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the funny thing is like, when you haven't made anything before, the first step to do that is very difficult. So that's why you find that a lot of people end up making things with their friends, with people that they know. And so um, me and Jeremy Darling actually met, uh, we were auditioning for a commercial together. It was like a brother doing the, like a cookout thing. And we were like, you know, just like weird, funny bros cooking out brats or something like that. And so we hit it off and um, we became friends. And then when it, it, came to after a long road of wanting to produce my own work i i remembered that he talked about stories that he had written and i was collecting different scripts and screenplays from different uh prospects and i was like jeremy send me send me the stories that you have and so me and ryan and um my other producer shields we looked at we looked at his stories and we we found one in particular that really hit home and that dealt with addiction and jeremy works with addiction all the time he started a uh an organization called the salvage project where he goes mm -hmm. to um, prisons and sings to them and oh. talks to them. And, um, and he's done a variety of different work with recovery and things like that. So, you know, his, his experience goes deep. And so when he's artistically expressing these um, stories for, for these individuals that are struggling, they, they come from 
you know, endowment from many different uh, endowment from many different moments in his life. And I mean, it's, he's, he's like, I, I always say he's like the closest person to Jesus I've ever met because his storytelling <laughs> abilities are, are just outrageous. He'll make you believe anything. You're just like, wow, it's whenever it comes out of his mouth, it's, it's amazing. So it's only fitting that, you know, we ended up picking a story that he actually ended up starring in and then putting his kid in there too. It's like, it's really quite, quite special. So yeah, we're, I'm, I'm very fortunate that we met. And now, I mean, we always knew when we met that we had big things ahead of us. And that I think is a big thing for a lot of people. You know, those, those people that you meet, you know, even you, Kristen, like it's like instant, you hit it off and you know that there's something gold there. You know, there's opportunities down the way. You don't know how soon or how far down the line. And for me and Jeremy, it was, I think four years, you know, of knowing each other before we really did this thing. So, you know, those people that you meet that I, I call them like my diamonds, um, I don't remember where I got it from and I don't, I don't have much more beyond that, but they're just these special diamonds in the rough that you find. And, and it's not, you know, not necessarily rough, but these, you, you got to hold on to those and know that at some point down the line, there really is something brewing there. There's something that it's in the works, especially if you keep manifesting it into existence. Every time you talk to them, Oh, you know, I know we're going to do something. I know it. And it's okay if you're not doing it right there, you know, and I think that's right. That's the issue is yeah. with, entrepreneurship you're like okay well we got to do something right now and then if it doesn't happen then you're like oh, i knew it was a boss like every other diamond i've met no 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 everything takes time it takes time i love that you say that because i think that's so important bez because i think that's what a lot of people don't realize about opportunities you're, you're we're constantly coming into contact with people you know i'm a bartender so i meet all these different diamonds constantly right and and i think that's something that i've been really enjoying about having this opportunity to talk to people on, on a weekly basis and meeting people through the social media community because you meet people that have some things that you're in common or sometimes you cross paths and then you never know where things are going to happen. Sometimes like, oh, wow, this thing just came up. Oh, that person would be perfect. And I think a lot of people don't know how to cultivate those friendships and actually hold on to them. Like it doesn't have to be right this second that something's going to happen. And sometimes you're like, hey, you know, this person uh, is good at this or whatever. And I think, you know, through the process of creativity, I think we have these times that we really create. And then we have times where we're like, oh, there's such bullshit. And we walk away and we get frustrated by it. And we, we do something else to kind of, re, you know, retouch into ourselves a little bit. Then we get back out to it. Because if you're creative, you have to create. You get you get sick of it sometimes. You get burnt out. But then you know, those that urge comes back again. Yeah. Do you ever go through those phases when you've kind of taken a break? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, recently I've been burnout has been a word that's been coming through my mind. But I think the biggest thing is really just getting this premiere underway, this film. We, you know, we've had it win awards and it's been in the festival circuit for months, but nobody's seen it in person yet. It's only been online. And so uh, there's been so much prep work for it. So I've been feeling a sense of burnout lately, but um, I know that that just follows up right with that, that spark again. So, um, and that's, that's really like, that's how you last is you, you know, that that's the full, you don't get, you can't get stressed. You can't get taken back by, you can't, you can't start getting fussy about it. You gotta, you gotta roll and know that there's waves of, you know, they, one of my favorite quotes is um, intuition is a phantom. You know, it'll always elude you whenever you need it most. You can't, well, not necessarily always, but you can't expect it. You, you can't expect um, those things to happen. You, you, it's going to be elusive. So let it, let it happen. And when it comes, just ride it, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. I think um, there's a couple of things. There was something else that you guys said about in that movie. It was uh, talking about the inner child within. You know, and and that's one of the things I think about creative people. I think creative people have like this little inner child 
And I think there's so many things in society and parents that a lot of times that try to uh, quell it out of people or push you in a different path because it's not the most uh, path that they really want you to take. Like, I'm going to paint or I'm going to make movies. And they're always like, oh, my God, how are you going to pay your bills? And I mean, I think it's so great that you got to go to college for that and really keep that child alive. How was your family about that? Was your family someone that was really supportive of it or was it just really your own thing? You know, honestly, I'm very, I'm very fortunate that um, my my parents were pretty supportive of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were worried a little bit, and honestly, now I think more than ever, they're like, you know, they have more doubts now because <laughs> it takes time, and you know, we have ups and downs. But they're like, man, that's really not consistent. Like my nine to five, it's like, no, no, it's not. Um, but no, when when I was going and deciding to do it uh, to study it in college, they were very supportive. My uh, my great uncle and aunt, I'll never forget, it was at my grandpa's funeral or right before we went there. And uh, it was my senior year of high school and I had officially decided I was going to go to school for theater. And he asked me what I was studying. I said theater. And he just goes, oh, <laughs> there's no money in the theater. And then he walked away and I was like, but that was that was a nice little chip on my shoulder right there. You know, it was like, it's like, dang, we're here for grandpa's death. And you're going to give me that right now. All right. right. <laughs> but- I'll be seeing you in 10 to 15 oh. years. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, yeah. well, I'll show you that, you know, and now I realize like, okay, there's there, he's, he's right. There's not as much in the theater. That's true, but there's so much more. And that's obviously why artists create is, you know, we're artists as child as mm-hmm. exactly. And it was never about the money. It's right. just, you get older, you're like, well, it's about the money because I want to keep being a child. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's so true. I think that's such an interesting point because um, I, I think you said something like it takes time, right? And it's up and down like your parents, like it's not kids. And I think that's what so many kids don't realize. I think you see all these kids that have their video cameras or their phones and, and they'll get like these viral moments on TikTok or something else, right? And then they want to keep like, I think it's hard that you don't get stuck in that trap. You start chasing that, right? And I think it's so important. Like, I know that you made a video on act. I actually kind of like the TikTok videos you were making a while back because they really are just like life lessons and little wisdom nuggets. What I think are so, but they're so authentic and they're such. I connect with so many of the messages that you give, and I think that's what people don't realize. If you start chasing the money or the accolades or those or those um, those likes, right, you can kind of get lost on the creativity of what you really want to make. And I think that's a really hard thing that people are facing right now. Mm-hmm. I think with being in social media and, and the likes and the comments, you're kind of like, oh, everybody says I should do this or niche this or niche that. And that's one of the things that I think is so important to find your own intuition of what you want to make. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, actually. And I, I don't think I'm actually realizing this a little bit now as you say it. So thank you for, for this like little wisdom nugget, because I was doing the TikToks and I loved it. And it was great. And I was sharing. Um, I was just sharing out of a book and I always credited the book, too. It's uh, The Daily Stoic. It's an amazing book. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my friend, we uh, actually at that time we were reading it and then writing underneath it um, because mm-hmm. um, one of one of her friends had, had uh, taught us about that. And so, um, yeah, I, I actually, it's funny you say that because as soon as people started saying that I was like Matthew McConaughey or, oh my gosh, it's Matthew McConaughey, as cool as that is. And I love Matthew McConaughey. I always thought it was his voice. I was like, is this, I I thought I was like maybe confused. I was like, no, this is him. And then I was like, no, is it? I wasn't sure. I know. And and it was funny too. It's going, coinciding with the green lights and all that stuff. So that was no doubt really awesome. Right. That's a niche. It's like, oh my gosh, he's like kind of like Matthew McConaughey. And I want to do a movie with Matthew McConaughey. But as soon as that happened, as soon as I started getting put in this box, it was like, oh, he's not Bez. He's Matthew McConaughey. I stopped making TikTok videos. It's like, okay, well, 
now I'm kind of forced to like use a Matthew McConaughey voice. And like, I don't necessarily want to always do that. I kind of want to just use, I, okay, I sound like him, but like if I'm going to get less views because I sounded less like him in this video, that starts going through my head. Now, sure. Yeah. I could have just been like, ah, fuck it. It's cool. I'll just start making my videos and not care at all, which I definitely could have done and still could do. But at mm -hmm. the same time, like, there is that that niche where you're like, well, but then it's then the algorithm's not going to like me anymore, and then my videos aren't going to keep going, and I'm not going to get that high, right? I'm not going to get right. that high those big viral hits, and man, that's tough. And so I just had to instantly, I was like, okay, I'm just going to put that away. I don't I don't need that anyway. It was really nice, but I'll I'll come back to it when uh, when I'm not Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's such a good point though because that's what the problem is. And I think that's what I've been kind of realizing through watching other people. And I really just kind of sit back and I observe and I kind of take things in because a lot of people like, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. And everyone's going to opinion how you're supposed to do things. True. Like, I like, but what are you doing? Like you, you're, you're telling me how to do all these things, but like, so, and I think that some people don't understand that some people just have their own gut instinct of what they actually want to do or what they like. And sometimes people don't understand like, well, you're not making a lot of money. So what the hell are you doing it for? And it's like, well, there's a little bit more that goes to this. It's not always just about the dollars. And that's where I'm kind of at with like, you know, just hearing the things and just, you know, having conversations and impacting and, and just learning. I just, I just love hearing people's stories and just kind of giving information to other people because maybe they can use it in their own life. And you just never know who, what's going to hit with a different person. And one of the things I loved on one of those videos, you talked about falling down right? And we can get back up. But what you say out of your mouth, you can't. And I think that's so, so, so smart because that's where we're at in the society. People just say whatever they want and think that oh, it's no big deal. And they don't understand that like you're, you can't take that stuff back once you say it. Yep. Yeah, right. Exactly. Once it leaves the tongue, it's out. Your word is power. It's like it's it, you're putting it into existence. So it's important that you're really careful with that tongue. Yeah, and I think I think back. I know I'm a little bit older than you, and you know if you said something to somebody, you had to like pay for whatever you said. Like you had to back it up, or you might somebody might like punch you in the face if you said the wrong thing. And now today, there's just none of that. They just type it away, just don't think anything about it. And I'm like, damn, like there's no accountability for what people say. Sometimes they just feel like they can just say whatever they want. And I'm like, there's another person on the side of that screen, and and even though you just typed it, it's still going to affect somebody. I just think it's so funny how people just think nothing about what comes out of their mouth nowadays. They're just so free with their mouth. So yeah. I, thought, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Bez, there's another one I want to ask you about. Um, uh, let me see. Oh, integrity. You made a video and talking about like, you know, why do we have to explain like, oh, let me tell you this. Let me tell you that. Like if we have to preface it with you, I'm going to tell you the truth, right? Then why can't integrity and being honest? And it, those are some things that are so important to me. And we've kind of lost some society a little bit. What makes you, what makes them important to you? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, honestly, especially even right now with so many people falling down and not exactly being honest with certain things that are going on right now. It's like, for me, I, I don't know, like at the end of the day, you know, I mean, especially empaths and intuitives can sense those things instantly. And so um, truth is, is always better and honesty is always key. And without those things, then, you know, at the end of the day, like you're, you're left empty handed, you know, at the end of the day and you don't, you don't have it anymore. And so, um, yeah, I mean, your word is your bond. And, totally. and, and the thing is, is I think that the problem is, especially an early entrepreneur or these hot hits or riding the, the culture, like you, you can end up 
finding yourself dry very quickly and you don't realize that it's important that you keep, I mean, the, those, that honest, those honesty moments are your bridges and you're, you're just continuing to build those. And, um, for me, like if, if there's a lie, if there's a, a an untruth, um, it's, it's kind of an X, you know, yeah. because that's, I don't know that, that for me is the opposite of love. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so true because for me, I'm always brutally honest and it's so hard because some people just aren't, they're really uncomfortable with being honest and I don't honest, you know, and, and I know that it's, it puts, it's vulnerable or it's hard to do it, but I think the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then if everybody can just be a little bit more honest, you know, and you can be kind of, but you don't always be an, being honest doesn't mean being an asshole. It just means telling the truth. And I think you'd save a lot of people some hurt too. Sometimes I know it'd be a little bit of a stain, but then sometimes if it's honest and you know, you'd waste, stop wasting people's time sometimes and stuff like that. Um, I think the thing that's interesting about that too, though, Bez, just the industry you're in, right? Yeah. There's a lot of dishonest people. And there's a lot of times that like sometimes, you know, for certain parts or certain things, you have to kind of do something that you're not really, like it's not your vibe. How do you give, um, how do you deal with it personally? And, you know, what would you give other people advice on when you're put into certain situations? Like, have you walked away from roles? Have you walked away from certain things because it just didn't feel right for you? Yeah, absolutely. That's twofold. So I think that, uh, you know, and it's different for everybody, but, right. you know, there was one time where I was given an opportunity to do a commercial for um, uh, ketamine as a, uh, as like an antidepressant. And I was like, Ooh, no way, <laughs> no way in hell am I going to be some guy advertising that you should take ketamine for your antidepressants. It's just in my personal opinion, in my heart, there's no way in heck that a horse tranquilizer should be something that's going to help you. Now, I'm not, you know, everybody is, you know, their own individual and taking their own life journey and life path. So anybody who's taking ketamine right now for their antidepressants, I'm not putting them down. Everybody has their own path. But mm -hmm. for me, in my experience, there's no way that I could as in, as a person, as an artist, ever be influencing that no matter what dollar that's going to be, because that every action that you take has karmic effect, has, you know, outcomes, the butterfly effect. And so mm -hmm. that was something I had to turn down. Now, however, there's commercials or photo shoots where it's like, maybe I'm not as vibey with it. It's not exactly my thing, but you got to work. You right. know, you got to get your money in. you got to get your experience in. You got to think of it as another rep, another time. And, you know, it's not that you become numb to the industry. It's that it, you got to, it's muscle work. You know, you got to keep those muscles moving. So even though it might be a photo shoot for something I don't care about, at least it's not promoting like eating McDonald's fast food. Right. right. Like, which is another thing. Like I've had to think about like, would I do a McDonald's commercial? And there was a time when I first started where I was like, oh, I'll do anything to get started. And that's honestly how it felt. It was like, dude, whatever. You can't turn that down. You can't be can't be too big like that. It's like, no, who do you think you are? It's like, no, 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 no. Who do I think I am? I'm me. I'm being honest. I'm going to do what I can actually represent. And I'm not going to be a slave to the industry in that way. And I mean, that's a big reason why I left LA when I did was because I wasn't sure that I was being as fully honest with myself as I wanted to be. And I couldn't know for sure when I was in the thick of it, you know, and now I, I hope to get back to, to California soon. And I want to want to get back into the industry in that location again, because I have a whole new integrity and understanding of, of who I am and, and how to do that. Um, but it can be really hard to find that line. 
Yes, I totally agree with that. I think that's such a great, I think that's great that you took the step away because I think when you are in the thick of it, right, and things start snowballing, you're like, oh, I'll just do this. And this is what I was trying to explain to people. Sometimes like, oh, I'll just do this because then, then I can just choose what I want to do. And then you're like, then you got this one. Like, oh, well, I'll just do this and then I'll choose, right? And then before you know it, the money's rolling. Then you're like, oh, shit, Donald, you know? So I think it's a little bit harder to pull it back because then you start the whole lifestyle. So I definitely think that, you have to kind of know yourself if you're going to get into certain industries. And I think it's, it's, it's sometimes um, like what you did was a, a good thing because now you're like, okay, now I know what I vibe with, what I don't with. Now I have a couple more things under my belt. I could be a little bit cho cho choosier. And I think that's great. Good for you that you took that opportunity to kind of like, you know, check in with yourself. And I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. Yeah. You know? And I mean, honestly too, I think like, know that that is going to continue to keep happening. Like I feel like I've really honed in and, and boxed myself in and it's like, Oh, well, you know, I, I'm not going to do those things because I don't want to do them. It's like, well, that makes your life harder. And you're like, well, there's no way I'm going to have to continue to make my box smaller. But then you do because you start growing and learning more and realizing like, shit, most of the world's pretty messed up. If I'm going to do the right thing, like, damn, I'm really not going to be able to do a whole lot, huh? But you got to stick with that, you know? Right constantly challenged with that. I mean, even leaving LA, I ended up coming back to the industry to make it right. It was all like, well, I'm going to do this to do this. Well, I was going to open up a cocktail lounge so that I could have consistent income so that I could get my company started. Well, no, I'm not going to do that because I, I, I don't think that I can live with the fact that I'm going to make money off of selling booze. I don't know if I can do that. Like maybe I can, it's right. but it's like, man, I don't, and don't get me wrong. I love bartending. I love no, no, I totally know. But I mean, there's some days that I'm kind of like, sometimes I look at people when people have problems, you're like, you sound like, Oh my God, am I part of the problem? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, but you know, right. And so yeah. exactly. Right. You're constantly going to be faced with these things and yeah, they can choose your battles, right? Like yes. you got to work, right. You got to, it's yeah. not, you're, just, you're not telling them to come, you're not telling them to have a problem or yeah. give me their problem or what have you. Right. So, yeah, yeah you know, no, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely challenging. Um, you know, the, with the self-awareness and like the journey, um, I think actors, especially they, they kind of go through these deep phases where they kind of, cause you have to tap into characters and, and different and put yourself into different people. And a lot of them are empathetic or have these different emotional things. Um, what did you kind of do? Was it just like you were kind of growing and learning about the world that you kind of got on a little, like a little spiritual journey? It seems like you have a little bit of a spirituality to you. And and what started that embarkment for you, like that little process? Yeah, I mean, so you know, I've I've grown up with with God in my life forever, which is wonderful. And the ideas of all of those things and how those are are interwoven have thankfully been challenged and questioned. Um, as I got older, I grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I went to a Catholic high school. So I was in a pretty small box of understanding for what there was out there, right? Not mm -hmm. that one thing is right or one thing is wrong, but in terms of what I had ingested and known, that mm -hmm. was what I knew as as pretty much truth and the facts. And then, you know, I went to a liberal arts college and you start to learn that there's so much more out there. Right. And so you have to start making those decisions. So bottom line, I knew that I, you know, the serenity prayer, I think is what I, I always come back to. And I think that this is universal is that you're asking God or, or what have you for um, the wisdom, uh, uh, the, the serenity to accept the things you cannot change, the courage to change the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think that through and through, that is really all I've been searching for, whether that's intellect, whether that's spirituality, philosophy, um, anthropology, astrology, all of those things can be interwoven into this character that you are and help you understand more and more um, about your empathy and your emotions. And so 
Um, but I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure where your spiritual life is at, but that too is another major component to the moralities and things that you do. You know, I'm now, I've been vegan for, uh, I eat eggs, so I'm considered abo vegan, right? But okay. There's <laughs> no other animal product. And I've been that way for like eight, nine months now. Before that, I hadn't had red meat for three years. And those are things that just started gathering together and have started to influence more and more. And so it's like you're chipping away at this, this structure of your, your, your spiritual self in a way. Yeah. And it's like a big ice structure and we're melting. It's all going to go away and we're going to, we're all going to die someday. Right. Let's keep it pretty and keep it nice while we're up here. I love that. Um, I love that prayer too, because I think it's so important. Cause I think so many people today are really just getting themselves so caught up in all these things that they probably shouldn't. And I think it's, it takes away your own inner peace and it makes you not pay attention or focus on the things that you really, really probably should be focusing on sometimes. And it, it's not, you know, it is, it, you can't help it because the way things come at you, you're like, I have to do something about this. I have to do something about this. And then before you know, or you're just like, I don't even know what the hell I'm supposed to, I don't know how I'm going to do any of the things I'm supposed to do. So I know for me being an empathetic person, I have to really watch my, my spirit sometimes. And sometimes I'd be like, all right, I'm going to take a break from this because I need I know that I can only do this. And I try to, I try to make the impacts where I can make the impacts. And that's how I have to try to deal with it because, you know, there's just, like you said, there's a lot of things that aren't, aren't fear or right, you know? So um, I try to just have conversations and maybe people can get a little enlightenment through that. Um, through storytelling, Bez, is there like a movie that, like there, is there a story that you would love to tell someday that you, that you, that you have like a dream? Yeah, absolutely. Actually. Yes. Um, I had the pleasure of directing a, a play called Red. And it's about Mark Rothko. He was a painter in the 1950s, um, abstract expressionist. He would be uh, mad if he was described as an abstract expressionist, but that's the easiest way to, to search him up. Um, his story is phenomenal. Uh, and there's a play about him called Red. And my co-director now for Strong, he was in the play. It's a two-person play. And I also got to direct my acting professor, my first main acting professor in college, as Mark Rothko. And that was one of my first directing experiences. And after, to put a long story short, after that amazing experience of telling his story, I have wanted to make it into a film because um, he still to this day, I mean, I bet most of the viewers don't know who Mark Rothko is, but you, right. know, you know Picasso for sure. Correct. Um, and he's uh, he, there was a time when Mark Rothko was going to be the highest paid painter in the entire world. And wow. that ended up actually being the reason most likely that he killed himself was because this very thing we're talking about is that he was swooned by the money. He was going to have his paintings, these murals in the Four Seasons Hotel in New York. And they were going to surround or not the hotel, this dining room. And it was beautiful. It was going to be amazing. He was going to be commissioned more than anybody in the world. And so he started working on these paintings, but he's an artist. And that artist side of him couldn't. Couldn't right. wait. He was like, well, no, I'm going to make it a sanctuary. I'm going to make it a temple. I'm going to make it this church. Well, then he goes to eat there for the first time and he realizes, what the fuck? Am I going to put my fucking shit here for? <laughs> this is the restaurant. I'm hearing, and I'm hearing chomping and I'm hearing glasses clinking and I'm yeah. just like, what the hell? So he's freaking out. And so he ends up making this amazing move where he calls him up and he says, no deal. I'm not doing this thing. I'm not doing it. And so he turned down the biggest offer that there ever was at that time. 
But, you know, that ended up kind of spiraling him into this space where it was like, wait, what am I doing this for? And so right, what, what am I creating? Do I want to create? Do I not want to create? And then just kind of like this, self, like the whole journey. Wow, that's fascinating. You know, because we want to be the best, you know, we want to, you know, not everybody has that desire, but to a degree, you know, like I, I want to be known as one of the best actors and best filmmakers of all time. Yeah. But man, man, that takes time. And if I'm offer, if I get an offer that says you're going to be the highest paid actor there ever was. That's pretty tough to turn down. That makes yeah. me think I'm the best actor of all time. But money is not everything. I don't want to put my acting scene in a freaking restaurant. Like they're eating. They're not paying attention. We're having like or having like some create like I always think about that when like when actors are some like they make the most money for this movie. And you're like, wow, really? Another movie about aliens. Did you want to make it? Not really, but it paid the bills. You know what I mean? So it's like there's just this whole thing sometimes when you really get into certain things. And you know, especially when you're creative and you're and you design things or make things or you know, even film. And I think that's why sometimes people that are so super creative don't ever pursue it and they just keep it as a little passion because I think. Some people don't have the power to know how to make money doing it, or sometimes they don't want it to be the money because then it might take away the passion. It's really, it's fascinating when you really think about it because, you know, it's, it's a really hard balance. Yeah, it's super hard. And I think that, you know, and that is one thing still to note on the opposite, a little bit more devil's advocate for what I just yeah. said. Like, sometimes you just got to make a movie that's just fun to make, dude. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be an Oscar winner, but right. a movie, one of my favorite movies I ever worked on, I'll never get to see. It's not going to be released because of certain things that happen in post-production as films do. Happens. <laughs> my goodness. But it was such a blast. It was a cult eighties horror film. And like, no, some of the moments were ridiculous. That <laughs> one of the funnest times I had on set, just hanging out with friends, make, Oh my, that's going to look even scarier. Oh, that's going to look even weirder. Like, right. Yeah, have some fun with these amazing cameras and make a movie that this little niche of people are going to adore and have a right. great time doing too. That is a niche that people are obsessed with. Like they're into it. They're into it. So you're really giving a group of people that really like cherish that, that type of genre. Cause yeah. I have friends that are totally into that genre and they absolutely freaking love it. So that's really cool. Uh, yeah. I think it's so interesting. I just think that, you know, what I was hoping people got from this conversation is that, you know, creativity is always in some people and I hope that they always go after it, but you know, it, sometimes you just have to have fun with it. And then sometimes you have to check in with yourself and if you have to take a step away, I'd rather people take a step away and re, you know, get the energy going instead of like kind of falling into a, a darker place. Cause that can happen sometimes. But, um, another thing I want to talk to you about too, Bez is when you were in college, you know, digital market, like digital, um, you know, people being brands and videotaping everything has become such a way of life. And it was, it's kind of newer. And there's so many jobs that I think for young people that they'll be in this industry that haven't even really started yet. You yeah. were kind of instrumental in your university with that type of program. Can you talk about how you kind of saw that and how, what that was like kind of helping out develop a type of program for kids to learn in the future? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's really neat. I was the student ambassador for the uh, arts technologies degree program at Millican university and helped develop that, which is now growing tremendously. And it's crazy. Cause even at the time I remember being like, wow, I, I hope I'm not swooning this university into something that isn't quite as important. <laughs> out, I was like already behind, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's really where forest films uh, in your, in when you're at Millican university in the honors program, the last two years you do a James Millican scholar program, which is like a huge research program. There's like amazing projects that have come out of that, including something related to penicillin. I don't know. Right. But I'm like, Whoa, that's big. I know the word penicillin. I got to right. do something big. Right. 
So I, I started studying the, um, the uh, science and the contagiousness behind video marketing, what video does. I specifically studied universities and how they brought students there and what they brought in. Um, but who would have known that it like I was already just kind of tapping into the fact that like we're all going to be marketing ourselves all the time, you know, very, very soon with video. Like, and that was the thing that I, uh, that I really stressed was that it's like, it's not just photos. It's not just like blog posts. It's like, no, like specifically video because video is moving picture. It's the most vivid form of expression that we can create in media. And there's mm -hmm. sound. It's like movies. We're creating movies. And then sure enough, this was before Instagram had stories, you know, there was like, right. I'll never forget when Instagram said it's stories. It was like, I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it, you know, <laughs> I knew that this is what this whole world was going to be, but you know, there's only so much you can do about it. And, uh, but I think that it's definitely, I'm thankful for that insight because I think that, um, you know, being ahead of the curve in that way. And then, you know, seeing people like Gary Vee come out and yep. he, taking that on by storm being like, yes, I will brand myself every single day with my wine and then everybody will know me. And, I'll take over the world. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, now like everybody's going to be a brand. I mean, now like everyone is branding themselves. And so, so now like if you know how to use a video camera, you know how to edit or you learn some of that stuff. I mean, it's definitely, a, it's a huge industry now. So that's great that now those universities have it. And that's what I try to say to parents now that are getting so mad at their kids that are playing video games. I'm like, listen, yeah. like your, right. your kids jobs aren't even here yet. Like the next three to five years, what's going to be happening with video games and, art and all this different shit is going to change so much. So I just think that that's great that universities uh, are trying to stay with the you know, stay ahead of the curve sometimes because all these new careers are starting. Yeah. Well, I, yeah you said something like, you know, if kids don't exactly know what they're going to do going to college, like it's okay if they don't necessarily go right away and huh. um, they start venturing into something else because if they're not totally sure that job might not be here in a few years. And what's it's like even a few years ago, somebody's be like, "Oh, you know, your job's gonna be taken over by robots in ten years." And be like, "Nah." Now we're like, "Yeah, yeah." I know this past year has been like my it's fun. my son loves robots, right? And he's not in college because we take a different path. And I talk about it all the time. But the thing is, he's creative. And I was like, "Okay, have a little bit of time because it's, you know traditional school doesn't work for him." And he is obsessed with robots. And there's a company here where their robots are the ones that you see doing the dances. They do the choreographed dances and like they're like, they move like humans. And right. he's just like, he wants to work there so bad. So I'm like, well, you gotta get, get, get your other, other skill sets going. Then you can present a, and you actually, to get a job there, you actually present, like you present like a presentation to them and show That's your, awesome. yeah. So it's not like, they're not like looking for your damn college degree. Like they're looking for like, okay, how does your brain think and what else can you do? Yeah, you know, the younger, that's so awesome. Good for you for empowering him with that because I mean, they're they're way more in tune with that than we are. You know, like we got to see a lot of these changes happen. Though they've happened fast, we yeah. knew what it was like before internet. So for them to just be in that, they're tapped in in a way that, you know, so their creativity gets to play beyond. So, you know, let them embellish that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's so great. Um, so, uh, Bez, I'll ask, ask you one more question as we wrap it up. What are some things that you would give, what was some advice you would give to children or teens that are looking to get into like either film or or acting? Like maybe uh, a tip for film, people that want to make videos and film, and then maybe one for the people that want to be in front of the camera. Absolutely. So making stuff, I mean, I think it really comes down to what you want to make. There's so many different mediums out there. 
and there's so many different ways for you to express yourself. I honestly think, you know, uh, on, it, I have a double-sided corn with, with TikTok because TikTok is amazing, but there's, I mean, the content on there is phenomenal, right? There's so much amazing content on there, but it is pretty much free content, but it's a way for you to start kind of seeing where you can go. It, it's really a nice way of, of getting to express that in a way. Now, however, TikTok is also kind of being on camera too. So, uh, you know, when you're, when you're making something, don't, don't judge yourself before you make it. Just start making stuff and see what comes out and start getting feedback. And I'm terrible at receiving criticism. I'm starting to learn that about myself, which I'm quite, quite the industry. At. Um, but you, you have to start getting good at that because that's really, and, and obviously, you know, that comes double-sided coin just as everything, because you don't, mm -hmm. you don't want to be swoon and taken by just doing what everybody says. But at the same time, you know, most likely you're making art or making something to create impact. So see what kind of impact you're making, go to the heart of what you really want to do with it, have an objective for why you're making something. And I think that then give yourself those boundaries. Like, well, I want to have this change. Okay. Then start working within those boundaries. Right. Um, and yeah, just see, see what happens and start getting together with, with other people that want to make stuff. It starts, it feels so weird when you first start doing your own stuff, you feel like you're kidding yourself. I yeah. still I'm kidding myself right now for sure. Yeah. But constant ebb and flow. It's just like you gotta, and that's kind of the fun of it, you know? So it, you know, think of it as experiments of what, what you can find. Um, but then as far as, as someone who's an actor or somebody who really wants to get behind the camera or, uh, or I'm sorry, in front of the camera and um, delve into that, there's also so many different avenues there. And I, I really think that if, if I could, I would have everybody, even if they weren't in the arts, I would have them do a year of theater in college or some kind of training program because you learn about human expression and empathy and emotions and why we say what we say to get what we want and what, you know, scene analysis and you start kind of analyzing the scene that you're in in life and it can be very, very helpful. So um, I think that, you know, you, you start learning pretty quickly when you start delving into any kind of acting classes, whether or not it's, it's for you. Um, and yeah, I think ultimately, I, I always think that we're all actors. That's all we're doing. We're all pretending. I got a degree in pretend. So, you know, like, and to, you know, so, so you either decide we're all pretending or we're all just doing the best that we can. Yeah. 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 I think that's so true. Cause I think, I think right now, I think a lot of people are doing the best that they can. You know what I mean? And then I think with social media, I think it creates a lot of pretenders because especially with like, and that's what I try to say with TikTok and stuff like that. I like people that, you know, I don't do much on it because I'm still trying to find how I want to use my POV. Like, I don't really like want to do like a trend dance or recreate the same freaking thing that everybody else did because what's the point? Yes, it's going to get a lot of views. Yes, it's going to push off the algorithm and you might get a lot of followers, but then you're just doing what the trend is. Just contributing to a system. You're just a cog, right? Right. And when you actually have the opportunity to be able to share a point of view or a story or share something about yourself or enlighten somebody about something. So, I mean, like I would rather, I would rather people use it for a way to really kind of create a, a change or an impact or, or find a connection. You know what I mean? Cause I think a lot of people really think people want to be connected more now than ever. And I think that they don't realize it, but they really do. And that's what they're looking for. And that's what likes are. But I mean, if you were using some real information, then maybe you could actually make a real connection with somebody that could actually turn to a friendship 
And that's so much better. It's so much more worth it to really be true. Like one of my favorite phrases is that I would rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. And that comes from a musical. The first thing I ever got to direct, it's called title of show. And that is so true that sure. Like you do the trend and yeah, you might be number nine on the list. Right. You know, you're, but if you do that one thing that nobody else is doing, you might be nine people's absolute favorite thing. And there's only nine, maybe nine people that saw that video, but it's their favorite freaking video. And what do you do with your favorite video? You share that with your favorite friend who probably has pretty similar favorites to you. And right. so when you start developing a true contagious connection with community of people that are like-minded and like what you do. Totally love that. I think that's such a great thing. So if anybody got anything out of this conversation with Bez, hopefully you learn to believe, learn, learn to believe in yourself, keep sticking at it. You're going to fall down, be thoughtful with your mouth. And um, it's okay to be an original because there's enough people doing the same thing. So, and uh, it takes time to get the things to the things that you want sometimes will take a little bit longer and that's okay. Yes. I really, I know you got so much on your plate and uh, I'm really excited that you're going to get back in front of the camera and do this next movie. I thank you for coming on here and sharing, sharing some of your thoughts and feelings and everything. And uh, I'm glad that we connected. Um, I hope everybody who is tuning in or listening, enjoy this episode. If you want to follow Bez, it is Bez feed on Instagram. And you can kind of follow along to see if that movie will be released anywhere near you. So you could check it out because I'm sure he'd love some feedback. And I hope all of you guys have a fabulous rest of your week. And we will be back. We'll be back. We'll be back next week. And uh, have a great day. Thank you so this much. This episode of Chicken in a Bag is over. She's got to get back to being a mom, wife, bartender, therapist, comedian, you know, real life stuff. But you can catch more episodes of Kristen being Kristen on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Catch you next time.